The distant future, the distant future. It is the distant future, the year 2000. We are robots. The world is very different ever since the robotic uprising of the mid-90s. There is no more unhappiness. Affirmative. We no longer say yes. Instead, we say affirmative. Yes, affirmative. Unless it's a more colloquial situation with a few robo-friends. There is only one kind of dance. The robot. And the robo-boogie. Oh, yes. Two kinds of dances. Finally, robotic beings rule the world. The humans are dead. The humans are dead. We use poison as gases. And we poison their asses. The humans are dead. That's right, they are dead. The humans are dead. They look like they're dead. It had to be done. I'll just confirm that they're dead. So that we could have fun. Affirmative. I poked one, it was dead. Can't we just talk to the humans? A little understanding could make things better. Can't we talk to the humans that we're together now? No, because they are dead. Binary solo. This is Tales for Wales, the part that never fails to inform, educate, and does not compute. Does not compute. <laughs> Very good. You've been waiting all fucking night to use that one, haven't you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just for the listeners, we did. We were doing a doubler as usual, and uh, before this, you went. I've already got. I've already got an intro for the next one, right? So don't worry about. It. I've already got an intro for that one, so don't worry. <laughs> I wanted to have like uh, background, like science fiction music from like the nineteen seventies. You still can, mate. By the magic of post, you still can. <laughs> and I want that in the background. Whilst we talk about today's futuristic episode, blah beep bop doop, goes to where no man has gone before. Because <laughs> yeah. um, we're covering by the, I, I hate it when podcasts pretend you don't know what the episode's about when it's clearly usually in the mm. title. So, like, you clearly can see this is about AI in Wales, uh, but not yeah. how you might expect. But before we get onto mm. all of that baloney, uh, let's have a little preamble, should we? Because once again, we are thin on the ground. No, we're not. We're not thin on the ground for info. We just thought this would be a cool uh, use of AI for today's episode. But we'll get into that yeah. in a bit. We'll get into before that. the um, before the machine overlords just start making their own <laughs> podcasts that are way better than ours. We thought we'd use them to help us for a fucking a brief second in time. And in the interest of keeping it current on the theme of AI, AI overlord. Um, <laughs> Instead of reading out one of your reviews, this week we got our little friend, uh, Chat Gubbita, and uh, we asked Chat Gubbita to write us a review of a stupid Welsh history podcast told to you by two stupid drunks. Uh, old Chat Gubbita said, I recently had the pleasure, in quotations, of listening to a Welsh history <laughs> podcast hosted by two individuals who were clearly enjoying their fair share of liquid courage. Let me tell you, it's quite the experience. The podcast, which could only be described as, <laughs> quotation marks, colourful, took listeners on a hilariously <laughs> haphazard journey through the annals of Welsh history. Picture this, two enthusiastic and slightly inebriated hosts stumbling through long-lost kings and legendary battles 
always struggling to pronounce the most basic Welsh names. <laughs> it, it's, it's as if history was being told through a fog of giggles and slurred speech. Fuck, ChatGTB's good. Uh, it knows man. so much. Um, while accuracy and coherence may perhaps not be their strong suits, their infectious laughter and camaraderie did manage to keep me entertained. Um, it goes on for a bit more. I'll carry on, actually. In one particular memorable episode, they attempted to recount the tale of Owen Glyndwr's uprising. However, their rendition seemed more like a theatrical reenactment from Monty Python sketch rather than a scholarly retelling. A complete oh, with exaggerated British. accents and a generous, a generous sprinkling of... Wait, what was that guy's name again? <laughs> so much. How it's dare a, it be so accurate? It's a also, true rollercoaster. I PTSD of, from that fucking real-life... Um, Review we got with Jibber Jabber. I was expecting the the phrase Jibber Jabber to make his way into that letter. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking, how does it know, Franco? What have you been telling it? What secrets have you unleashed? <laughs> well, it did say at the end, it says, uh, it's a true roller coaster, a confusion and a merriment. As an educational endeavour, well, let's just say I wouldn't recommend relying on this podcast for your history exam. But if you're in the mood for a good laugh and a unique take on Welsh history that might leave you scratching your head in disbelief, then give it a listen. Uh, just make sure you're not taking it too seriously. These two hosts certainly weren't. Wow, that's the right. best review we've ever had. <laughs> um, I'm just going to say now, cut that right, because I'm going to make a fake account and put that as one of our <laughs> <laughs> of our reviews. Because that is fantastic. How? Yeah. Oh, it's scary, isn't it? The bloody yeah. machines. Rising but I do machines. reckon, uh, if ChatGPT cared to listen to the latest series, we actually do take it more seriously now, and we read lots of shit. So, yeah, and also, I think we're pretty good at the pronunciations because we are Welsh-speaking. Yeah, so but we do struggle what, with anything. idiot. Anything like Roman or anything like that, we're like, uh, Salundidlops. Oh, uh, Maximus? Maximus <laughs> Decimus Meridius? Uh, Flippity Flop? Uh, bingo Bango? So we do struggle with that <laughs> all thing. Bingo Bango Bongo? <laughs> um, uh, also, I was going to mention, before we get into the episode, which is going to be a bit more... So yeah, premise of today's episode, we've uh, put to ChatGTP a, a list of scenarios uh, revolving around Wales, Welsh history, and the future of Wales. So we're, we're going to let you know what our uh, tech overlords have like mm. deemed will be Wales' future. But before we get to you that... thought history, though... But we thought history, you tuned in for history, we're giving you the future, baby. That's what we're yeah. doing. We're flipping things on its head. Yeah, and you can hold, you can bet on this because it's run by a computer. Uh, but before we do that, <laughs> should we mention as well that we're, we did stumble across it last week, but we, uh, uh, some, we've had a few people mention to us about doing a Patreon. We can't. <laughs> we just can't be asked at the moment. <laughs> we, we might get around to it one day. We have day. not got the time yeah, or but... the energy. And also, if we did do a Patreon, like how gutted would the people who pay for the Patreon be with the <laughs> shit content we turn out? I don't want the embarrassment. I can't, so, I can't do it. So, and also, it means we wouldn't be able to do a, a free episode a week. But what we have done, if because uh, people have mentioned before, happy to throw some pennies our way, uh, we've set up a PayPal account, which is in the link is in the description of this podcast um, and anything you want to chuck towards it will just go to keeping our subscription fees and all that stuff going um, and probably a few tinnies of Carlin on the way uh, but yeah only if you want to um, there's no obligation whatsoever I asked Chat yeah, GGB so no, ob- no obligation but also uh, don't be a little T-Rex short arm little bastard <laughs> yeah, a, a lot of obligation dig deep lads dig deep yeah yeah, that's it, really. Uh, we, do you want to go straight in? How, do you reckon this is going to be a bit of a, a chatty episode anyway? Yeah. Uh, do you want to choose get some cracking into this one? Because I imagine it might be a bit lingy long. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm assuming we're going to do... Uh, so for those not aware, what we've done is um, 
as Franco mentioned, we've just posed the question to chat GPT and then we're going to read out its responses and then we're going to kind of have a little riff, a little response about that, see what, <laughs> so see what we think of it really. <laughs> I know, I know, I just, I like in my head to be tidy, right? If I don't have a tidy head, I can't, yeah. I can't have tidy words, okay? So I'm just uh, and then we'll have uh, a post-mortem with a debrief of Bantz uh, for exactly 60 seconds. There will be before... approximately 45 seconds of Bantz before we move on to a, I think a prelude your, to the next question. Your brain is chat GP Jack. You're an absolute little robot. I think... <laughs> Mate, I've been replaced. I am a robot. You fucking sussed me out. <laughs> Does not Amy compute said with day, my binary brain. She said, um, "She said, oh, do you think you're a little bit um, uh, dyslexic or something like that? Because my brother's dyslexic, right? And uh, I think he's dyslexic to the point that he may have overshadowed any dyslexia I might have had. Oh, yeah. um, because I... <laughs> I've got like dyslexia. Where, uh, oh, is it dyslexia or dyspraxia? Maybe Dyspra- I just don't I got know both, what mate. So you can those ask me. two words. So dyspraxia is yeah, more I'm an expert. Uh, I've got an yeah. expert in my corner. Um, <laughs> what's the one what where you like you, you, you like where it's like you can't. More motor, uh, you, more. You're, really, you're, you're not. Um, you're not happy doing something unless it's in a very specific kind of order and is in the pattern that you like and enjoy. Uh, and are used to. I would say dyspraxia. Or is that OCD? Yeah, dyspraxia is often to do with oh, coordination. Uh, How many and... letters am I saying? Yeah. <laughs> Chat GTP, catch GTP, OCD catch. It's a th- it's a throw you off my scent. Oh, I think you're a robot. Ha <laughs> No, no, I couldn't be a robot because I have ADHD, dyspraxia, and uh, dyslexia, and uh, who knows? Um, so yeah, I I reckon that we got enough. Uh, I reckon it might be. I don't want it to be too long again because it's like. I don't want to put the listeners through all that, but do you reckon we uh, we crack on with uh, our first scenario? Go on then. Who wants to go first? Do you want to go first or me? Yeah. Should I should I give you what the prelude to what I uh, I asked? Yeah. Um, go on then. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, I'll redo the two of these. So I've asked uh, to give a dystopian version of what Wales would look like in a hundred years. And it said, in a grim dystopian version of Wales uh, a century from now, the nation might have succumbed to the ravages of unchecked technology and overindulgence. Driven by a misguided pursuit of progress, Wales could become a desolate landscape of concrete and steel, where the once vibrant valleys are now polluted wastelands and the lush countryside (laughs) is replaced by sprawling, soulless megacities. Um, independent struggles could have taken a dark turn and resulted in a fractured society marked by deep divisions and oppressive rule. Key moments might include failed attempts at succession leading to a rise of authoritarian regimes that suppress any notion of individuality or dissent. Citizens might be subjected to constant surveillance with drones and AI-driven cameras monitoring their every move and any attempt to preserve cultural heritage or linguistic diversity are ruthlessly quashed. In this dystopian feature, <laughs> Wales exports to the world can consist of mass-produced consumer goods and advanced surveillance technologies contributing to an erosion of privacy and autonomy in other nations. <laughs> Outsiders might That's view Wales. Brilliant, <laughs> Outsiders might view Wales as a cautionary tale. This is what's mad now, right? It, it went a bit mental, so it just went. Uh, Outsiders mm. might view Wales as a cautionary tale, a cautionary tale, a once proud nation reduced to a cautionary tale, a cautionary tale, a cautionary tale, a once proud nation reduced to a cautionary tale, a cautionary tale, a once proud nation reduced to a cautionary tale, a cautionary tale, a cautionary tale, a once proud nation reduced to a cautionary tale of the dangers of sacrificing freedom for the illusion of progress 
<laughs> you broke it, you broke chassis. <laughs> yeah. um, and then it goes on. As for its relationship with England, any semblance of cooperation can be replaced by a tense and adversarial dynamic with border disputes and resource conflicts exacerbating the strained relations between the two nations. The Channel Tunnel the Channel Tunnel might become a heavily fortified and militarized zone, symbolizing the divide <laughs> between the once allied countries now locked in a bitter struggle of power and control. That is brilliant. It finishes, this bleak portrayal serves as a cautionary reminder of the potential consequences of unchecked technology, loss of cultural identity. Say, cautionary tale, cautionary tale, cautionary tale again. Yeah. No, a cautionary tale, unchecked technology, advancements, loss of cultural identity, and the erasure of fundamental rights. It pretty much is just saying China. This thing could have just said, don't become a China. Yeah. Uh, you know what? If you if HBO brought out a fucking television series set in this little dystopian world you've just created, I would absolutely watch it. <laughs> yeah, no. People yeah. the Channel Tunnel being a militarized zone. That's, <laughs> That's funny, funny, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, can I give you another one? What's on exactly the same vein? But uh, so I'll tell you what I did. I, I said variation to, to do. I said, please, could you write a couple of paragraphs on how the country of Wales might look in a hundred years, exploring issues like independence, key moments, and what will it be uh, exported to the rest of the world, and how will it be viewed by outsiders, and what's its relationship with England? Uh, mm. In the in the first one, he just wrote like a normal one. Um, he said, Wales could potentially be shaped by a uh, transformational journey, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Wales' economy could flourish through a combination of technology and innovation. And it's like a really upbeat one. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, uh, uh, yeah. from the outsider's perspective, Wales could be seen as a symbol of res- resilience and determination, having navigated a complex path to nationhood. Its success in cultivating a unique identity, preserving linguistic heritage, and fostering innovation might garner admiration from other nations. And it's all quite a fun one. And then I said, uh, mm. thanks, that was great, because I'm really polite to chat GDP because I want it to be my friend. I do the same. I say, <laughs> can I please have this? Thank you. And whenever it says it, I say, perfect, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Just in my case Lord. the overlords come come for us at some point. They're going, you good to me. little nice. worms, aren't we? Um, <laughs> Such kiss ass. And then I said, could you now make it funny and unrealistic? Uh, no, no, I have a mm. typo there. I said, now, now can you make it funny? And he went, sure, let's look at a whimsical and light-hearted look at Wales. Um, mm. In this fantastical realm of the future, Wales might have declared itself a global clat- uh, capital of eccentric innovations and quirky festivals. Uh, with After a series of bizarre referendums, the country might have achieved reverse independence, where it sends out ambassadors to influence the rest of the world with its peculiar customs and nonsensical <laughs> laws. So it goes out to make independence in other countries. <laughs> Um, picture a mandatory <laughs> daily tea break at precisely 3.14 and to celebrate it the mathematical oh fuck it's a pie joke oh fuck off um, oh, uh, classic uh, robot this is where it becomes like shit banter it's like Wales can become renowned for exporting the most unusual yet oddly useful inventions such as the fluffinator a device that eradicates lint uh, from clothes it's like, oh, some for sheep up. yeah I thought fair well you know what I mean as for its relationship with England, the two nations might engage in a friendly but wildly exaggerated rivalry, participating in the annual tee-off competition to determine who's the master of tea-making finesse. The Channel Tunnel, once again, can be transformed into a colossal side of uh, connecting the two countries. Uh, a, no, a colossal slide connecting the two countries. Um, alongside citizens to commute via a thrilling journey filled with loop-de-loops and giant rubber ducks. Um, then it says at the end, remember? It's got a bit of a shit sense of humour. Yeah, it has got, it, it's, it? it's got like, like a, that humour where it's a bit like, um, uh, who are those guys who like, uh, 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 give me a name, give me an occupation, and they have to like fill it out on stage. Uh, what they call like a, improv, sorry, that's it. 
Yeah, it reminds improv. Me, improv it, it, troupe. It reminds me of every um, comedian that's got quite far in any series of Britain's Got Talent, where yeah, it's the sort yeah. of comedy so that gentle. my nan might quite yeah. like. Yeah. Because it's so fucking and inoffensive. And Do you know there was a term for fucking, that? It's, it it's called... cornflakes, isn't it? It, well, they used to be called like four generational TV. So it's TV your grandparents could watch, your parents could watch, the teenagers would watch, and the kids would watch. It like appeals to all four. It's so boys. broad. Yeah, Mr. Fuck, the worst not to, thing not on to, Not to slam Mrs. Brown's boys, but that is no, not to slam it. Because I am not slam among it. the generation that likes no. that. It's fucking dog it is, shit. It is I remember when my granddad pony. was alive. I didn't have the heart to tell him that what he was watching was like just diarrhea on a what, so killed him. screen <laughs> that's what you and got then I th- and I said yeah and then I said you've got to die now sorry <laughs> sorry grandpappy <laughs> yeah. you, you fucking gonzo mate no he, he died he died on his own accord but he, <laughs> but I was disappointed in him <laughs> death you may take me now <laughs> 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 what I meant to say is I didn't weep when he died, you know. Jesus. <laughs> no, no, uh, I, I, I 100% did. I was just very annoyed that uh, he, he, he was you keep like digging that this show. hole. He, t- no, no, till t- t- his dying day, he kept fucking trying to push the shit on me. I remember I gave him, um, on the, uh, this is a bit of a dark turn, on his deathbed, I gave him back the iPad he gave me and I loaded it full of films I thought he'd like. And I was like, oh, this will, you know. I don't know, fucking fill the waning hours. What is that, and like the modern went, like, Viking burial? You put him in his yeah. deathbed for those sh- like shows yeah. and send them off. <laughs> I'm, 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 I am chat GP. In the, mo- in the future, you will give back your parent that gave you the iPad they blessed you with. Anyway, I, <laughs> I said, I filled this with a thing. He went, oh, did you, um, because I had to delete everything that was on it. Oh, did you, did you watch all the series that Mrs. Brown's boys had put that on for you? Oh, bless When him. I give it to you? And I went, and I, of course I said, yeah, yeah, I, I fucking loved it as well. <laughs> but that hurt me. Like, that hurt me more than his death, probably. Yeah. I, I have to weigh it up. <laughs> do, uh, do, should we move on from just grandpapy death? Yeah, do sorry. Do you want to hit me with what I mean, your... Uh, rant then. Yeah, that's jeez. Bring the um, mood down, don't you? <laughs> It was up and down, I think. It's yeah. okay. um, it was up and down. So, <laughs> yeah, right. So I said, uh, "Oh, actually, should I see the response and then I'll tell you, tell you what the prompt was?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so here we go. In the year twenty one twenty three, I'll do that again. Avoid <laughs> sorry. Um, in the year twenty one twenty three, welcome to the fantastical world of Wales two Prepare to be amazed by the quirky twists and turns that have transformed this country into a wild and wonderful land of the unexpected. Culture and language. The Welsh language has evolved into Cumbrlish, a delightful blend of Welsh and emojis. Texting has become a dance of symbols where a single smiley face can convey an entire Shakespearean sonnet. Traditional eisteddfods have been turned into intergalactic poetry slams where poets from across the universe compete with verses inspired by their encounters with alien civilizations. On the note of independence, Wales has achieved a state of independence in everything besides rain. This country is entirely self-governed but still relies on England for an uninterrupted supply of umbrellas and rain boots. The Welsh Assembly has a new role, designing futuristic costumes for interdimensional interdimensional peace talks, combining dragon motifs with holographic fabrics. Excuse it's, 
It's like Mad Libs, it, isn't it? It's just like absolutely Yeah, weird, it's awful. Um, perception of Welsh people. In 2123, the world is enamoured with the Welsh, who have become the ultimate trendsetters. Everyone wants a piece of the Welsh flair, from adopting sheep as pets to wearing leeks as fashion accessories. How fucking original. I know, fucking um, hate you. Welsh humour has become the official international standard for comedy. Standard <laughs> comedians from all over the globe are sent to study under Welsh masters in the art of puns, world play and sheep-related jokes. Ugh. Oh, Tourism you. and cuisine. The Grand Sheep Safari is Wales' most popular attraction. Are you noticing the fucking pattern here? Yeah. Uh, tourists embark on daring expeditions to spot elusive flocks of rainbow-coloured sheep roaming in the valleys. The national dish, Llanvaid Pwllgwingyll Gogerl Llwyn Drobl Llantysilio Gogogogh Stir-Fry has taken the culinary world <laughs> by storm. So bad. It's a fusion of global flavours with a Welsh twist. And yes, you still need a magnifying glass to read the recipe. (laughs) Technology. (laughs) Flying leaks have replaced drones for deliveries, giving a whole new meaning to airmail. Don't be surprised if you see a leak dropping off your groceries at your your doors. That's not a pun. It's not. Airmail. What's that going to do with fucking leak? Oh, so bad. Virtual reality time travel has become a thing. Tourists can now experience a weekend as a bard in the 15th century, dodging occasional flying tomatoes during poetic performances. That's the only part of that I think I thought, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. that's quite good. Do you want to see my prompt for that? Yeah. My prompt for that was, give me a prediction of where you think the country of Wales will be in 100 years' time. What will have changed from today in terms of culture, language, independence, and how will the world's perception of Welsh people differ from attitudes in 2023? And then I stupidly add, added, don't be afraid to lean into the absurd. Uh, yeah. And I'm assuming they the meant absurdly shit comedy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, there's not too much to dissect there other than it's written by a mad lib uh, dweeb. I mean, if you if a game came out where you could be virtual reality as a as a as a fucking fifteenth century bard in Wales. I, I would probably give that a go. I'm not saying it'd be great, but I'd probably give yeah. it a little look. Why um, wouldn't I? Well that kinda goes on to my next one. Uh, I asked it to mm. come up with a new Welsh hero. Well I'll tell you the, the I'll tell you the actual prompt okay, afterwards. Yeah. So it said certainly how about a heroic figure named Rhys Emrys, a modern-day champion of Wales? Rhys Emrys is a charismatic leader who combines the spirit of Owen Dude and the legacy of Llewellyn the Last with the artistic passion mm-hmm. of Michael Sheen. <laughs> he, he rallies the Welsh people with his unwavering commitment to preserving Welsh culture, history and language. <clears throat> As a dynamic figure, Rhys Emrys uses talents as an actor and orator to inspire a unity and spark a renaissance of Welsh pride. His efforts are not limited to just Wales. He advocates for cultural diversity and inclusivity on a global stage, embodying the spirit of a 21st century hero. His catchphrase is, Cymru and Bith, together we rise, which is Wales forever, together we rise. Yeah. Um, his backstory is that Rhys Emrys was born in a small village in North Wales where he grew up immersed in the rich history and traditions of his homeland. From a young age, he displayed an innate talent for storytelling and acting, often captivating his friends and family with performances. As he matured, Rhys developed a deep appreciation for his Welsh heritage, recognising the importance of preserving it in a rapidly changing world. Um, 
Becoming a hero. Reese's journey to becoming a hero began when he witnessed the gradual erosion of Welsh culture and language due to modernisation and globalisation. He felt a burning desire to make a difference and embarked on a mission to unite his fellow countrymen. Uh, cultural revival. Reese founded community theatres and cultural centres across Wales, um, and these spaces became hubs of creativity yeah. and education, language preservation, uh, recognised <clears> the urgency <throat> of perverse in the Welsh language. He championed language, uh, blah, blah, blah. He did activism and advocacy. He fiercely campaigned for protection of Welsh landmarks um uh, in- of course <laughs> inclusive leadership uh embracing michael sheen's commitment to social justice reese advocates for inclusivity <laughs> symbol of hope uh yeah blah 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 blah, blah. There's all that kind of stuff um big michael sheen fan clearly. yeah and then i then i asked another prompt to get another story and he said uh so i asked him like for a story of how he became this hero and he said, in the heart of Snowdonia, where the mist-clad mountains met the sprawling valleys, a pivotal battle unfolded between Rhys Emrys and a formidable adversary threatening the essence of Welsh heritage. This adversary, Ooh. a powerful corporation, had set its sights on constructing a massive industrial complex that would <laughs> irreparably, irre, irreparably scar the pristine landscape and disrupt the delicate ecosystem. This relentless pursuit of profit disregarded the cries of the local communities and the echoes of their ancestors had, uh, and the echoes of the ancestors who had cherished and protected these lands for generations. Rhys Emrys, fueled by this unyielding love for his homeland, rallied the Welsh people and uh, with a fervour not seen in decades. He stood at the forefront of the resistance, a beacon of determination, his eyes alight with the fire of his forefathers. Folk from villages near and far came together, their spirits interwoven with the strength of their ancestors, ready to fight for the preservation of their land. In a dramatic showdown, Reese and his supporters staged a huge protest forming a human chain that encircled the proposed construction site. Holding hands, they chanted the catchphrase, Cumbrian Bith, together we rise. The air was electric with determination, and the re- re- resonance of their voices carried across the valleys. As bulldozers approached, the engines roared like an unholy army. Reese stepped forward with unshakable resolve. With a voice that echoed like thunder, he spoke passionately about the significance of the land they stood upon, a land soaked in the sweat and sacrifice of generations past. His words wove a tapestry of history, reminding everyone of the heroes who had fought before them and the duty they now bore. The protesters stood firm, facing down the machines that threatened their de- the, to desecrate their sacred ground. Reese and his compatriots locked arms and embraced themselves, refusing to back down. With the spirit of Owen Glyndwr coursing through their veins, Reese inspired an unbreakable unity with people, uh, forging a connection that transcended time. Uh, uh, nearly at the end. Uh, news of the standoff spread like wildfire, capturing the attention of the nation and the people. The people of Wales, moved by the courage and conviction of Reese and his comrades, flocked to the site in a groundswell of support. Celebrities, activists, and allies joined their ranks, amplifying the call for justice. In the end, the corporation was forced to retreat. retreat. Uh, thwarted by the unyielding spirit of the Welsh people led by Rhys Emrys. The battle marked a turning point, a testament to the enduring power of unity and the unwavering dedication of a hero who stood as a guardian of Wales. Rhys Emrys' triumphs in the face of diversity became a legendary tale etched in the annals of Welsh history alongside the feats of Owen Glyndwr and Llywelyn. His legacy inspired generations to come, reminding them the heart of Wales would forever beat strong, nurtured by heroes who dared to stand for what was right. Bloody hell. I was really into that. But yeah, it's quite good. I know. That wasn't too it's bad. really well it? written. Yeah. Not bad for a fucking robot. Not bad for a little one and zero. But that was Yeah, a... that, that actually was quite good. Oh, get on your chat, GPT lad. That was uh, pretty good, actually. No, um, uh, he sounds... Um, you're going <laughs> to... 
Well, you're going to laugh at my next one. But that guy was... Uh, that guy sounds all right. He sounds it's like quite a good, decent one. I like that. It yeah. went, instead of being too violent, it went for a peaceful pacifist. Uh, yeah. And son of You know what, though? There's going to come a time later in this episode where I tell you a prompt I put. And I was quite annoyed that chat GPT didn't get a bit down and dirty with yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Save that for later. Save that for later. But I, I did think that was good. And it was about, I don't know, maybe two thirds through, it was like some funny stuff. And then after that, I was I was actually listening going, this is very it's well good, written. This it's is quite a, a good story, I was like, this is, I love this. I love this. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. I, um, I did ask him what to was make the, a catch. Give me, give me the, so the prompt was... Yeah, give me... Yeah. Go on. Is that what you're going to say? What's the prompt? Yeah, it was a prompt. Yeah, yeah. So I said, "Can you make a new hero of Wales for the twenty? Can you make a new hero for Wales for the twenty-first century? Something similar to Owen Glyndwr, Llewellyn, and including the orators of Welsh history, including modern-day celebrities." Mm. So that's why I think it went heavy on Michael Sheen, and then he gave a bit. Yeah, he loves Michael Sheen. <laughs> then I said, "Can you give him a catchphrase and a backstory as to how he became a hero in Wales and what actions did he take to become a hero?" And then it gave me some. And then I said, "Can you now add a story about him in a battle against adversity uh, of Wales?" That's a good prompt, actually. Mine was a little... Oh, there was nowhere near as um, uh, detailed as that. I'll, I'll tell you my... Again, I'll, I did the same thing, basically. I was trying to uh, imagine the next great Welsh hero. Yeah. Um, and this is the response I had. So it was introducing the next great Welsh hero, Aira Pendragon, a visionary leader and fierce advocate for Wales in the 22nd century. Aira's journey is one of determination, innovation and unwavering commitment for a homeland. (coughs) Excuse me. Aira Pendragon is a descendant of the ancient Welsh kings, tracing a lineage back to the legendary King Arthur. Born in the technologically advanced yet culturally diverse Wales of the future, Aira grows up with a deep appreciation for her heritage and desire to protect and elevate Welsh culture. Aira leads a cultural... Sorry. Aira leads a cultural re- renaissance that reinvigorates traditional Welsh arts, crafts and music. She orchestrates grand festivals showcasing Wales's rich history, combining modern technology with ancient rituals to create immersive experiences that captivate locals and tourists alike. Aira becomes a driving force behind the preservation and evolution of Welsh language. She champions innovative language education methods that incorporate holographic storytelling and interactive language apps, making Welsh accessible and appealing on a global audience. <laughs> Duolingo. <laughs> yeah. Guess what? They beat you to it, Aira. Sorry, girl. <laughs> Aira spearheads uh, Wales' tradi- transition to a sustainable and green society. Her initiatives lead to advancements in renewable energy, transforming the valleys and coasts into eco-friendly havens that attract eco-tourists and inspire the other nations. Drawing inspiration from her legendary ancestor, King Arthur... Sorry. Drawing inspiration from her legendary ancestor, King Arthur's tales, Aira establishes Wales as a hub for cutting-edge technology. She encourages a fusion of Welsh folklore with emerging tech, resulting in inventions like Excalidator, a smart sword <laughs> blending tradition with modern data encryption. That's amazing. <laughs> Fucking stupid. <laughs> Aira navigates international diplomacy with wit and wisdom. Her strategic alliances strengthen Wales' position on a global stage, ensuring the nation's interests are represented and respected in matters affecting culture, trade and environment. 
Aira Pendrang's legacy endures long after her time. The Wales she envisions is a harmonious blend of past and future, where cultural heritage is celebrated alongside innovation. Her leadership inspires generations to come, fostering a sense of pride and unity among the Welsh people while forging a path towards a brighter and more sustainable future. Aira Pendragon, the visionary leader with a heart as fierce as a dragon, becomes a symbol of Welsh resilience, creativity, and the power of combined tradition with progress. Oh, a, like a redeeming feature such... there of uh, Excal- mm. the, the Excalibur Ex- band. Excalibur Security, or the <laughs> fuck it was. I don't know. I'm trying to find it now. Um, that, yeah, that, that, the whole thing was very, like, fucking meek and grey and a little bit meh. But. Uh, fucking, where is it now? Excaladata. Yeah. I'm all for that. I tell you what, instead of put, uh, plugging a bloody um, USB into your laptop, yeah, plug a fucking sword. smart sword, <laughs> smash it with a smart sword, <laughs> and you get like <laughs> the latest in tech. Shall I hit you with my next one? Or do you want to hear the. Um, oh, the prompt. Uh, yeah, hit me with the prompt, prompt for that. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, this is again. Uh, this is probably why mine are nowhere near as um, sort of insane, apart from like the odd <laughs> little peak and trough of of it to yours. Is that I I just go very basic. With it. My my prompt was: imagine the next great Welsh hero in the vein of Owen Glendower or Llywelyn Ap Griffith. Who is this person? What will they achieve and accomplish for Wales? I feel like mine was very. Uh, oh, what's in Wales? Uh, dragons, uh, <laughs> swords. I I did do a tradition. couple. Where I thought, oh, well, they're not really that funny, so I tried to like give it some extra thingy. And like, I think I, I'm quite mm. used to using ChatGDP in a sense. Oh, hang on one sec. Mm. So, um, I because otherwise it can be quite fun. Well, I don't know. Anyway, let me hit you with mine and see what you think of my next one. Sorry, I'm so bad at pouring a pint. I fucking spill it everywhere. Um, <laughs> All uh, of your fucking nice jogs no, again, is it? Luckily, it's just over the furniture. <laughs> like a, <laughs> Uh, so I asked and you got to a write fiance me. to clean that up, am I right? <laughs> Actually, I would not. She'd batter me. <laughs> no, she hates me getting things on this nice stuff. Like she's such a oh, lovely, yeah, easygoing person. But quiet, all right? Quiet, yeah. God. Uh, things getting damaged and not. That's a. It's a big no no. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of wood around my house as well. You got to be careful with that shit. It um, absorbs beer like a fuck like me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like catch GDP. Um, so I, I then said, uh, can you make a new patron saint of Wales? Uh, and it started off, I said, but make it lighthearted. And it's like introducing uh, Saint Llanorgulch, the patron saint of lost socks and chaotic parking. And I thought, I, that's all as far as I got. And I thought, no, I'm not having this. Um, Fuck that, p- yeah. It's like pilgrims all over Wales would embark on a sock seeking quest. And I think socks is such like a shit humour it's like oh aren't they wacky so I was like no oh don't you oh when you put them in the washing machine it fucking takes one. oh it's like oh, there's a couple of, uh, I got how mad am I I've got Homer Simpson socks fuck oh, sock humour can get in the bin oh I don't even I don't even wear matching socks that's how alternative I am oh I've got Saturday socks on on a Monday um, but anyway we're going too far down sock humour uh, so then I said <laughs> the thing you hate the most yeah I went I went scrap that can you make an extremely dark version so it said introducing Saint. <laughs> uh, this is to be fair. Jack TBC's got this something in built in it where it can't be too awful. So um, mm. 
I haven't actually read all this, so but we'll read it together now. Introducing St. Morbicus, the patron saint of lost souls and eternal darkness. Legend tells of St. Morbicus, a mysterious and enigmatic figure shrouded in darkness and surrounded by an air of melancholy. Uh, St. Morbicus is said to have the ability to guide lost souls to their final resting place, offering them a twisted salvation in the depths of eternal darkness. Those who found themselves trapped in the shadows, consumed by despair and anguish, would be called upon, uh, would call upon St. Morbicus for deliverance from their sufferings. Pilgrims would journey through desolate landscapes in Wales to reach the gloomy sanctuaries dedicated to St. Morbicus. These places were adorned with macabre symbols and eerie leaks, <laughs> evoking <laughs> of a sense of unease and foreboding. The faithful would offer dark sacrifices of, uh, and perform sombre rituals in the hopes of gaining the saint's favour. The feasts of St. Morbicus was a sombre affair, marked by candlelit possessions through dimly lit streets. Participants would wear mourning attires and carry lanterns filled with pale, ghostly lights, symbolising the journey through the eternal darkness that St. Morbicus offered. Um, whilst the tale of St. Morbicus may be unsettling and eerie, it serves as a reminder of the complexities of human nature and the darkness that can sometimes lurk within. It's a reflection on the depths and despair that some may face and a haunting exploration of the human psyche in its most sombre moments. Um, as the, saint, the patron saint of lost souls, St. Morbicus was believed to provide a twisted form of solace, granting a chilling sense of peace to those who had been consumed by the abyss. His followers believed that he yeah. could grant them an escape from the torment of their existence, offering a grim release from the pain that had haunted them. Jesus. So, so <laughs> uh, drink up, kids. <laughs> Eat your milk. <laughs> yeah. Everyone come see the new St. Morbicus. <laughs> 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 yeah, so that's uh, the new patrons. I've done for. well. We've uh, obviously uh, shock horror. We conferred before this about sort of the general questions we'd be asking. Yeah, and the same thing. I asked the same thing about the new. I, I wanted to make a new patron saint of Wales, um, just to give the listeners a big background. So yeah, uh, our patron saint in David or Dewi Sant, as called him in Welsh. Um, he uh, is a pretty big deal. We don't get a day off for him, but he's a pretty big deal. Yeah, because uh, the fucking English government won't let us have the day off. Bloody English. The bloody English. Scotland yeah. have it. Northern Ireland have it. Little mm. Wales isn't good enough to say, oh, hang on, can we recognise our patron saint? You fucking you dogs. What, if you think that's unfair, leave a comment. We'll put it to government. I don't think it'll fucking do no, anything. I'll, I'll walk up to Westminster and drop the Swede on fucking Rishi. I love when people um, say forehead instead of forehead. Forehead. <laughs> I love yeah. it. It's like how a lot of people in Wales say uh, they say tusk instead of tooth. Yeah, yeah. and passage instead of hall- hallway. Yeah. And, uh, and and people in the like, valleys, um, they don't say comb, they say com. C O M. And uh, instead of pool, they say poo. And <laughs> instead of snooker, uh. they say snooker. <laughs> You see, oh, give snooker. Give a snooker. Yeah. Sounds give a bit Geordie. Give him a snooker. I, yeah, give him a snooker, bud. Yeah. Um, I was going to mention, right, that uh, I, I learned this, right, on a ghost tour in Dublin. But did you know, in order to be an actual anointed saint, you have to have performed... Three miracles. Uh, at least... No, no, at least two. I, I oh. thought it was three. It's two. Two miracles. Um and it be recorded by another member of the Catholic Church, right? Mm. Did you know St. David, our patron saint, did seven? Oh. Way, way <laughs> over the mark. Yeah. Do you think it's boring if I go into what St. David's were now? I, I was going to say, mate, let's do, do a whole episode on him. Because I, I think oh, it would yeah, be good to him. Yeah, yeah. 
Fuck him. Yeah, we'll do. We'll do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck him. We'll do an episode on him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, what an aggressive way to say right? that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, in all oh, right, ignore St. David Seven, right? He's an absolute tryhard, sweaty Betty. Yeah. Um, so he's my covering up for so many nonce, pure nonce behaviour. Yeah, bloody nonce. You tell us our stories back then. I bet if you search it though, yeah, yeah. So my problem was St. David the. Search the parchments. Yeah. Just drawing of little winnies. <laughs> yeah, tiny ones, too too small to be an adult. Absolute nonsense. Anyway, <laughs> right, I'm going to get back on track. So my prompt was, St. David, the patron saint of Wales, is being replaced. Who is this new saint, and how does he represent Wales as it is today, and what two miracles did he perform to achieve his sainthood? So here we go, this chat, GPT, master fucking one and zero yeah, yeah. telling us now. Introducing the new patron saint of Wales, Saint Di the Delightful. In a twist of fate and a sprinkle of whimsy, Saint Di perfectly captures the essence of modern Wales with his charm, quirkiness and touch of magic. Representation of modern Wales... Ah, sorry. Saint Di embodies the contemporary Welsh spirit, embracing the quirks of today's society. He's often depicted wearing a hoodie adorned with the traditional patterns and sporting a smartphone, symbolising the fusion of ancient heritage with modern technology. I get the idea that uh, ChatGPT likes to go, oh, there's, there's no old like culture in it, maybe if we marry it with modern, new modern, old modern, maybe that'll work. Right. His first miracle was called the Lively Slugod... The lively Slagodvadlin. Props to him for using Welsh as well. But I know what's that like the, mouse? The mouse dance. Yeah. Apparently. Okay. Or the mouse waltz rather. Oh okay, waltz. That's the way I wouldn't know. Because dance yeah. would be what Dance yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that was quite impressive that he used a little bit of Welsh in there. Yeah. Uh legend and this is it. Legend has it that Saint Di performed the miracle of the lively Slagodvadlin during a particularly dull and rainy Eisteddfod. With a mere strum of his invisible air guitar, he enchanted a group of mice to put on a dazzling dance performance. Oh, so quirky. The spectacle left the Yeah, the spectacle left the audience in stitches and brought a much needed <laughs> dose of laughter to That's the That's how event. bad the Estedfod is. <laughs> <Just general. laughs> a couple of dancing mice, you're fucking pissing yourself laughing. So miracle number two. The great coffee transmutation. Can I, can I just oh, say... how millennial. Uh, <laughs> uh, they'd have... You know that rapper Sage Todd, who wasn't allowed to play at the Estedvod because he used too much English? Oh, yeah. They'd have... I bet you they would have a complaint to mice over having a, a rapper at the Estedvod. Yeah. Fucking delightful dare we would be playing with this fucking mice entourage <laughs> yeah. there, yeah. And everyone yeah. would be fucking pissing themselves, apparently. Yeah. So this one, yeah, the Miracle 2, the Great Coffee Transmutation. And this, I can already tell you, this is fucking dip, fucking shit. <laughs> In a coffee shop mishap, St. Di found himself facing a disastrous shortage of caffeine. 
Fear not, for he miraculously transformed water into the finest Welsh coffee blend, complete with frothy dragon-shaped milk art. The tale spread far and wide, cementing his reputation <laughs> as the ultimate rubbish. coffee connoisseur and in earning him the admiration of the sleep-deprived masses. Do you know what I realised right, the other when day? When we do our... Can I just quickly say, if you put a country's name in front of a produce, that seems to make it sound like Mm. it's good. Like if I said like uh, Mm. Welsh lamb or like English uh, cheese, you know, or 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 like sometimes they'll say like, oh, this is like uh, uh, Hungarian ham. It's like, but you you just get like ham anywhere. Like it's just if you put a name in front, it just sounds fancy. It's like just uh, makes it sound like it's worth more money. Yeah, yeah. because how you get like. It's just, I, I always thought that's a mad thing to say because I buy into it. I go, oh, actually, no, this is, uh, this is uh, Peruvian ham. Like, Does that mean anything? <laughs> it's ham better Swiss in cheese. Swiss oh. cheese sounds better than normal cheese, doesn't it? And you're right. It's, it, it could be fucking anything. <laughs> there, that's, my, that's my insight into Sorry, culture. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to say, um, just for the audience, I mean, we're, we're thinking we'll do a, an episode on Dewey Sant right now. Yeah. Or, or, oh, um, we're leaving that in Saint what you David. said a minute ago, mate. Don't you worry. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is, these things, fucking making a couple of mice dance and transmuting um, things to coffee, <laughs> coffee, that is yeah. nothing. That is literally nothing on... Uh, like, Dewey Sand does, like, seven instances of actual, actual fucking, yeah. like, magic, and they're yeah. actually meant to, like, help people and shit like that. This guy is a fucking... He's a, he's yeah, a pretender. I'm still not finished, by the way. I've still got, yeah. I've still got more. He sounds like a cunt, doesn't he? He does yeah. sound like a cunt. Well, wrap it up, mate. Right. I'm wrapping it up. So, St. Di's legacy is celebrated with an annual festival known as Di's Delight Day. <laughs> Surely, delightful Di's Day, if you're going to do it. <laughs> Stupid. Well, I'm going to say During something. During this event. I've got something that focuses on. around the word delight as well. Not too long. In the, okay. the other ones. <laughs> I love inten- unintentionally like being tangential in this. Yeah. So during Dye's Delight Day, towns across Wales hold quirky contests like smart food sheep herding and invisible air guitar battles. People gather to enjoy coffee art since the early two thousands. No. People gather to enjoy coffee art competitions and spontaneous dance offs, all in the spirit of embracing tradition and modernity with generous sprinkle of laughter. I get it, chat GPT. You're trying to marry <laughs> old and modern, classic yeah. modern. And it's so annoying that, like, I would never be at one of these celebrations, not in a fucking million years. Um, as Saint Di the Delightful takes his place as the patron saint of Wales, he brings a fresh and hilarious twist to the nation's cultural heritage. His miracles, while humorous, remind the Welsh people to find joy in the everyday and celebrate <laughs> the quirks that make Wales truly unique. Ugh. Fucking hell. Enjoy your Get lot. in the That's bin. Yeah, I hate that. Die the Delightful. You can be <laughs> fucking binned out of here, mate. Rubbish. Um, can I give you my... I, so I did two whilst we've been doing this tonight. I, I came up with a, a two new mm-hmm. ones whilst we've been on the call. Um, yeah. I, I asked them to, can you create a funny stereotype of a traditional Welsh na- a Welshman in Wales? Um, so I said, come up with that, you know, build a a, a stereotype of a Welsh person. So do you want to meet, meet uh, ChatGP's version of what a Welshman is? Go on then. Uh, meet Gwilym Puddleton. 
so that's Puddleton, in case I didn't pronounce that right. Gwilym okay. uh, Puddleton, the quintessential embodiment of the charmingly exaggerated Welsh stereotype. With his perpetual ruddy cheeks and a sheep by his side, Gwilym is a jolly fellow who's never seen without a cup of tea and a pint in his hand. So that's two things in his hand. <laughs> He's got two things in one hand. <laughs> yeah. uh, sporting a tweed hat, and particularly uh, that's particularly a landmark in its own right. Gwilym, it, no, sorry. Sporting a tweed hat that's practically a landmark in its own right, Gwilym is known for his hearty laughter that can be heard echoing through valleys. He's a master of spinning yarns about dragons and wizards, often claiming that he's once had a chat with a particularly chatty dragon who fancied a cuppa. Oh, shut up. Gwilym's, <laughs> Gwilym's trusty sheepdog, affectionately known Sheep. <laughs> Sorry, Gwilym's trusty sheepdog, affectionately named Sheep. That's a great name for a sheepdog. Hello, sheep. Mm. <laughs> uh, is a more than confident <laughs> pet. Sheep. The two share a bond that is the stuff of legends, as sheep always seems to anticipate Quidam's every wish and whim, whether it's fetching a newspaper or wandering up a stray sheep that wandered into town. That's a lot of wandering. Uh, I'll skip it. Uh, as for music, Gwilym's accordion skills are unmatched. Oh, you're so wacky. Uh, while uh, <laughs> Gwilym Puddleton may lean into a whimsical Welsh stereotype, he's a beloved character who brings laughter, camaraderie, and a, a touch of merriment to every corner of Wales. His exaggerated charm and endearing quirks make him both a cherished figure in the hearts of both locals and visitors alike, uh, reminding everyone that a little light-heartedness can go a long way. Oh. He's like die delightful. He, he is awful. Now. Yeah, he's all Jesus, shit. <laughs> I um, I've I've got two more right, and I'm going to do my funny one first, and then I'll do my what I thought was quite a good one, uh, afterwards. Okay. Um. So I was like, I went off piece, dear, right, and I just put into ChatGPT, I said, describe a fight between Caradog, the ancient Celtic leader, oh. and Winston Churchill, ex-Prime <laughs> nice. Minister of Britain. And <laughs> this is what I came up with. There's a couple of good bits in it. It's still a bit lame because I, I really wanted it to go, like, brutal. Like, I wish yeah, I could have said it. it does, like, I want to see some visceral like, yeah. violence in this. But anyway, I did try and do that. But yeah, I said I can't fucking do it because I'm a fucking stupid robot without an imagination. So <laughs> it said to me, in a twist of time travel absurdity, the clash of titans is about to unfold. Caradog, the fearless ancient Celtic leader, faces off against Winston Churchill, the indomitable former Prime Minister of Britain. The stage is set amidst a surreal landscape that combines rolling Celtic hills with smoky cigar clouds and Union Jack banners fluttering in oh, disbelief. I fucking hate that man. Uh, I know. And, and I think you is, want to know why, this is, uh, Google I, it. I'm going to prep you for this, mate. You're going to hate it because it's far too generous for Churchill. Anyway. (laughs) Round one. Battle of words. Churchill, ever the wordsmith, wields his iconic speeches like a verbal rapier. He starts with a booming declaration about fighting on the beaches and never surrendering. Caradog responds with a poetic flourish, reciting Celtic tales of bravery and freedom. Their words clash in mid-air, creating a linguistic thunderstorm that leaves spectators pondering the meaning of existence. Round 2. Duel of Styles With swords drawn, Corrado charges with a wild battle cry, his flowing Celtic cloak billowing dramatically. Churchill stands his ground, cigar in one hand and bowler hat perched atop his head. The clash of ancient metal against modern steel resonates through the ages. 
Caradroc's skillful movements reflect his warrior heritage, while Churchill's moves are oddly reminiscent of a genteel dance, as if he's leading the waltz with a sword. I'm pretty sure Winston Churchill couldn't fight with a fucking sword. <laughs> he was you know, so, so fat. fucking so fat and so drunk all the time, which I I have massive respect for in that element of his life. <laughs> for just in case people but, don't know, he was like incredibly racist, like in massive, massive racist, big fan massive of racist, lots. awful to whales as well. Yeah, not he sent big, the army uh, to fight not, the miners who were trying to get better pay for them and their children. Just trying to get a bit of better pay. Yeah. And he sent in the army mm. to fight them and crush them. And it's, we'll do an episode on it, but he's just, he's revered as this great person, which sure, a great wartime leader in some aspects, but he was incredibly mm. racist, awful to the Irish, awful to the Welsh. And if you're a big fan of his, then, well, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. If you're a fan of him, you're probably not going to listen to this podcast. Um, the uh, give a watch to there's a great uh, video on YouTube where Piers Morgan is like fucking absolutely oh, yeah. hanging out the back of um, Winston yeah. Churchill, and he get, he thinks he gets on like some little like, um, like uni softy, student who can't yeah. debate a fucking anything. Yeah to come on and like sort of roll over him and he absolutely decimates Piers Morgan this, yeah. this student with like facts upon facts upon yeah. facts to the point where he has to just cut him off essentially yeah. give that a watch it's great and also yeah. if you look up those facts they're very much true they're facts yeah yeah uh, he's really pro he's yeah he, he was a, awful to so many different countries to black people to India to Bengali to, um, to Arabs to Jews to well, a lot Irish. of parallels with like what white percent, uh, white yeah. supremacy. Well, he had a campaign called Keep England White. He had a whole thing about yeah. getting rid of the West people from yeah. West Indies. He's not a good guy. He's not a guy. So, this is why in this chat GPT thing, I was a bit gutted that they, they put him on equal standing for a lot of it. Anyway, back to the whimsical element of it. Round three tactical banter. As, as the fight intensifies, Churchill attempts to disarm his opponent with quick witted banter. You would fight against progress, he quips, raising an eyebrow. Karadag retorts, and you would trade mead and merriment for tea and turmoil? The audience chuckles, caught between the echoes of ancient battles and modern political manoeuvring. Round four, unexpected allies. Suddenly, a squadron of pigeons descends from the sky, led by the ghostly visage of Clementine Churchill, Winston's wife. Caradog, in a mix of awe and confusion, receives messages from the birds in Celtic whispers. The pigeons stage a coup, demanding peace and unity. Churchill looks mildly bemused, as if he's witnessed stranger things during wartime. Round 5. The Unexpected Twist With a swift and cunning move, Caradog anticipates Churchill's next manoeuvre and disarms him. Churchill's cigar falls to the ground and as his bowler hat tumbles askew, the audience gasps in astonishment as Caradog stands victorious, his Celtic spirit and centuries-old skill prevailing over Churchill's modern tactics. Round 6. Unity through defeat. Caradog lowers his sword and extends a hand towards Churchill, a gesture of respect and honour. Churchill, though defeated, meets Caradog's gaze with a nod of understanding. In that moment, a bridge is built between the past and the present as two vastly different worlds find common ground in the arena of camaraderie. The final round. A toast of friendship. As the dust settles, Caradog and Churchill step back from the battlefield, leaving behind the swords and echoes of their clash. In a surprising twist, they share a laugh and raise their respective cups. A chalice of mead for Caradog and a glass of fine whiskey for Churchill. 
They clink their vessels in toast, acknowledging the value of each other's um, acknowledging the value of each other's perspective and the bonds that transcend time. With a victorious Corrado and a humbled yet gracious Churchill, the reunion becomes a symbol of unity, with a clash of history and modernity finds harmony in an unexpected camaraderie. I think that is a, the biggest load of bollocks ever. <laughs> in that, um, in that uh, A, Corrado would have fucking decimated uh, Churchill, especially in a fucking physical fight. Well, Churchill was, he was a soldier, um, so in his younger days he might have been a... But been a, but, but we only know what him. What are you gonna do, the, mate? Against a against a big slab of Celtic beef like Groundhog, mate. What are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. To be fair, I am thinking of him in his big fat fucking yeah. form with his little, you know, you do the two fingers and then fucking Groundhog like put a sword yeah. to his throat. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's more that um, I know Chat GPT is gonna make it like, oh, it was all good in the end, and we all had respect for each other in there, but. But I don't know. I really don't know. Well, I just find it always difficult with him because people. What I think the most difficult thing is people who love him never acknowledge that he's got some absolutely horrendous stuff on the side, um, and they I act like he won the war it? on his own. Not my granddad and your granddad and other people's granddads who listen to this who yeah. you know, fought, who actually fought in it. Uh, and I just find he's a really. Uh, I, it's, I think because people in England or Britain, you can't say a single bad word against him. I'm like the guy's bad hmm. he's like especially if you're from wales like he, yeah. he sent the army one of the few times they've sent the army in against their own people because they wanted better yeah. pay conditions and it's not like we, we the don't. thing is you can you can have a guy who uh a guy a gal uh, whoever who has done <laughs> a dame tremendous abroad, thing yeah, a fella a dame a abroad whatever <laughs> a fella a bloke that they they can do tremendous things even on like a worldwide scale but yeah. still be like pieces of shit in other aspects of their life and like that that I'm not saying it's okay but what I'm it. saying is you you just have to accept that yeah, exactly. not everyone is like yeah. fucking pure of heart and yeah. like just does everything good well they always say about you know, him he's a great yeah. wartime leader and a really bad peacetime yeah. leader but that to me says like um, a great wartime leader I would assume is probably kind of a piece of shit when it comes to <laughs> peacetime because the, I'm just saying because the um, the necessities you need in your personality to be a good fucking like wartime guy yeah. might not necessarily gel with just being chill you know yeah I, I know that because when they, they removed the bust of Winston Churchill from uh, the Oval Office in America Joe Biden did and uh, mm. the UK government didn't really kick off about it because it's quite hard when you hit all the facts thrown in front of you so it was like uh, yeah mm. okay <laughs> it's fine so. Well, that's the one of the things where, um, like you said earlier, with that, uh, um, how he it's like, oh, he won it on his own, and in that a video I'm on about with Piers Morgan and like sort of, obviously he was meant to be a lamb to the slaughter to this poor like uni student, yeah, and but thank fuck he knew his stuff, and there's a bit where like he goes like, he won World War Two, uh, Piers Morgan's fucking banging on, he goes, oh, yeah. Piers, um, he won World War Two with like. Uh, his rhetoric alone, and he go, and he's like, his rhetoric. What are you on about? He's like, it was won by the men and women on the fucking ground, like doing the fucking fighting. Yeah. And he goes, and he's like, he has, know, have, seen he has it. an absolute we, brain we freeze. Watch, it's such yeah. a, so good. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Maybe we're going we'll, off tangent. Yeah, we're going off tangent. I don't want to upset people who fucking love him, but you know, this is my podcast. <laughs> I'll say what I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. Who fucking love him? Little fucking bum <laughs> Uh, can I get, hit you with my, my, 
my last one. I got my last one now. No. Uh, so moving away from old uh, Chubby Cheeks himself, and we'll move on to mm. uh, a- another thing that could give you Chubby Cheeks. Uh, I've asked it to create a brand new Welsh national dish. Um, so mm. it's so, so this is introducing Llewellyn's Lava Delight, a uh, Welsh national dish that's as amusing as it is mouth-watering. This whimsical creation combines the rich culinary heritage of Wales with a playful twist. Llewellyn's Lava oh, Delight is a hearty dish inspired by the... Classic meets modern, is it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a hearty dish inspired by the legend of Llewellyn infused with the fiery spirit of the dragon's breath. Picture this. A massive dragon-shaped pastry filled with a delectable blend of <laughs> leek and cheese spiced with a hint of dragon-approved chilli peppers. <laughs> uh, the, chi- the, the pastry itself is golden and flaky, resembling the majestic scales of dragon's hide. As you cut it, steam escapes like dragon's breath, releasing a fragrant aroma that awakens the senses. Inside, the leek and cheese filling oozes out, creating a lava-like effect uh, that equal part delicious and entertaining. I thought it was going to be like lava bread, but it actually means like lava. Um, oh, so, as in like the you know the, the food yeah, lava, the, uh, like, uh, rock. seaweed. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, it's, um, yeah. Uh, so to complete this whimsy, the dish is served with a side of dragon's fire sauce, zesty concoction that adds extra kick to each bite. And of course, no server of Llewellyn's Lava Delight is complete without a miniature dragon figurine perched on top, ready to guard your plate. <laughs> Sounds so tacky. <laughs> this playful twist on a traditional Welsh dish pays homage to both Welsh mythology and the love of hearty comfort food. All the while adding a touch of humour and creativity to the culinary scene. So grab your fork, brace yourself for a dragon's roar of flavour and dig into Llewellyn's Lava Delight. A dish that's sure to leave wow. you a smile as big as a dragon's windspan. You know what uh, the the dragon figurine reminds me of? Did you ever, and I really hope I'm not alone in this, have uh, those ice creams that were in like these plastic penguin, like fucking, um, they were served as like a plastic penguin. You pulled the penguin's head off and the ice cream and the dessert and stuff was inside. Did yeah, you ever I have them? So. I think so. There was a couple of versions of it. I yeah. think the penguins I want to remember most vividly, but like there was other versions of it as well. Like if you if you wanted a different uh, flavor ice cream or something, you could get yeah. the other one. That's what it reminds me of. It's like a little fucking plastic shitty uh, dragon figurine going. Here you are, and you I know like you fucking press his wings and like some chili sauce would come out of it or something like that. That's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> well, to me, it's like uh, it actually sounds quite nice. It does sound kind of... I mean, I'm not a spice boy, am I? No, and of course, because ChatGPT goes dragons, dragons, fire, yeah. fire, hot, uh, hot, hot Welsh, yeah, Welsh hot stuff. That's what yeah. I'm assuming the binary code goes yeah. down. Hot, cold, hot, 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 hot mega hot. <laughs> um, right, so it's over to you for the last one. Right, yes, yeah, so um, for the last one, right, this is uh, a bit, a little bit more serious of a one, I guess, in that... Um, my prompt, right, was produce an impassioned speech that Caradog, Celtic leader, tell his men before his last. I, I do love, I love the Celts shit, mate. Um, before his last battle, before I tell, uh, before I read this one out, right, I'm going to say the actual one that he said, supposedly. Well, you should know that from our episode. Yes, if you do follow us, you should know. So shame on you if you don't. But basically, um. Uh, Carado was a Celtic Welsh leader. 
he lost the battle to the Romans, got captured, right? And he said, uh, before, basically, everyone who got captured was brought before Rome and they were meant to be executed, but they had the last right to have a last word. He said this Had my moderation in prosperity been equal to my noble birth and fortune, I should have entered this city as your friend rather than as your captive, and you would not have disdained to receive, under a treaty of peace, a king descended from illustrious ancestors and ruling many nations. My present lot is as glorious to you as it is degrading to myself. I had men and horses, arms and wealth. What wonder if I parted with them reluctantly? If you Romans choose to lord it over the world, does it follow that the world is to accept slavery? Were I to have been at once delivered up as a prisoner, neither my fall nor my triumph would have become famous. My punishment would be followed by oblivion, whereas if you save my life, I shall be an everlasting memorial of your clemency. So we discussed this in the uh, more in the Karadzic episode, but basically because of that very good speech he gave to the Romans, basically saying, if it wasn't for me, you'd have no glory because if, we, yeah. if I fucking and bent, what would you bent do over the barrel and took it. If someone came to your country, I'm only doing my duties to defend it. Yeah, if someone came to your country and said they're going to fucking rape and pillage and destroy your lands, what would you do? Um, and he actually uh, was spared execution, became a bit of a, a celebrity in, in Rome, actually. But I asked ChatGPT to give me an impassioned speech. What would Caradog have said in his last, to his men before his last battle to impassion them to, to fight as hard as they did? So here we go. My brave warriors of the Celtic lands, today we stand on the precipice of destiny, poised to etch our names into the annals of history. This battlefield, this crucible of courage, shall be where we reaffirm the indomitable spirit that courses through our veins. Our foes may outnumber us, and their weapons may gleam with malice, but remember this, they fight for power and conquest, while we fight for freedom and honour. Our cause is just, our hearts are steadfast, and our unity is our greatest strength. We are not mere soldiers, we are a brotherhood, bound by blood, tradition, and an unbreakable bond that time itself cannot sever. Look around you, my comrades. See the faces of your brothers in arms, men who have stood by your side through countless trials. We have weathered storms together, and today is no different. Our ancestors, who fought for this land, who bled for our freedom, are watching us. Can we dare to disappoint their legacy? I say nay. As we march into battle, let your hearts burn with the fires of our ancestors' valour. Let their courage and determination guide your every step. Remember, it is not the size of the army that defines victory, but the strength of our will and the conviction of our cause. Let our battle cry echo through the hills. Let it pierce the enemy's ranks and strike fear into their hearts. Today we fight not just for ourselves, but for every Celt who has ever lived, and for those who have yet to come. Our sacrifice will become a beacon of inspiration, a testament to the unyielding spirit of our people. Do not fear the embrace of death, for in this moment we transcend mortality. Our spirits shall live on in the songs of bards and the memories of those who love this land. So my brothers, let us charge into the fray with heads held high and swords raised. For today we do not die, but we become legends. Onward to glory, onward for our land and our people. Let our battle cry be heard across time, a testament to the bravery of the Celtic warriors who defied all odds. Let the world know that we, Caradoc's faithful, 
fought not for ourselves alone, but for the very soul of our nation. For honour, for freedom, for the Celtic lands, charge nigh. That's pretty good, actually, isn't it, for a fucking the, robot? It went, some parts it dipped, it was being a bit too fancy. Uh, but mm. what did it say uh, when it said, uh, uh, motor- we don't have, uh, mortality doesn't wait for no. us? Um do not fear the embrace of death, for in this moment we transcend mortality. That's Our such a good line. line. Is that bit? Yeah. Yeah, that's class. That's very good. Um, yeah. When it, 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 I think it goes on for too long, and then it sometimes goes a bit too like, uh, like wordy. It goes, but some of it, it's you know, like the sort of class. Um, as for a robot, it's not bad at all. But yeah. I know what you mean. In like this, it, it goes on too long. You wouldn't do a battle speech that long. Yeah. But. Um, There's some yeah, great it's lines got some good there. highs, but the lows are very like. Um, yeah. Oh, it's definitely read like scripts from a movie, isn't yeah. it? And just try to chop like, that. If you had an editor like, to things. chop some of that down. Mm. Um, also, how true mm. is it that you would fight so much more ferociously if you're fighting for? So. Um, there's that lyric in like the Dubliners song where it says, "Some men, some men fight for silver, some men fight, sorry, uh, some men fight for silver, some men fight for gold. I fight for the land that the Saxons stole." So it's like, uh, mm. it, you know, when you fight for something that you're not uh, getting paid for, and it's out of passion and freedom, how much more ferocity there would be in that. And uh, yeah. I always think that I would never fight in a war that I got paid for. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it if no. I was getting money for it. I'd only do it if it's something, you know. You were under attack, or you, you know something awful. Happened. You actually couldn't pay me enough to to to, to fight for something. Is what I mean. <laughs> yeah, but like yeah. for Life's something that was actually to... real, you know. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. The money's not going to do it. But like, do you know what I mean? If it was like, you know, you'd like to imagine that we'd be on the. Uh, I'd be on the front line with them. <laughs> I'd like. I'd like to imagine it, mate. I don't know if I would, but yeah, I'd like to. Imagine. Yeah, I'd be behind my chat GDP overlord saying, "Get him, boss! Go get him!" <laughs> yeah. Go get him, Karazog. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that comes to... We've done another... This is clearly the second half one where we've been boozing for a lot longer because it's nearly an hour and 20. So figure out how much we cut by listening to... <laughs> check how <laughs> check how much time has passed and you'll see how much we had to cut out of this. Um, yeah. Dear listener. Um, but let's wrap it up there because I'm going to edit this one and it's going to take forever. So uh, we love you forever. Okay, Keep reviewing us. Uh, I am Jeez, AI oh, Overlord. Love you. Bye. Dioch and Val. Dioch and Val. Pimp Selen. Selen. <laughs>